0: Please take a seat. And Welcome again to Monday Chapel. I was working on the message last night, and uh, Rebecca, my wife, who also works into this story, that's uh, Jacob's mom, uh, says, oh yeah, you've gotta do you got to do chapel tomorrow. And I say, oh yeah. She says, oh, you're working on Joseph, huh? And I said, Joseph? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm working on Jacob. And she turned her nose up and said, Jacob? That guy's a jerk. And I said, yeah yeah and uh that's uh interesting because we get these scriptures from uh malachi chapter one i have loved you says the lord but you say how have you loved us is not esau jacob's brother declares the lord yet i have loved jacob but esau i have hated that's kind of tough huh paul picks that up romans chapter nine when rebecca had conceived children by one man our forefather isaac Though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, uh, but because of him who calls, she was told, The older will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Whoa, that's a, that's a tough one. I asked Dr., uh, Professor Park about that, because I know he was just teaching on election. I said, hey, what do you do with that? He said, that's a good question. That's tough. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> oh. But first, we have to know that what God doesn't say is uh, anything like Jacob's a jerk or Esau's a jerk. He does say, Jacob, I loved. And that's what we got to hear about because this is about Hebrews and these heroes of faith. And what does Hebrews say about that faith word? It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their commendation. And in verses 20 and 21, we hear about Jacob as one of those heroes, one of those people in the great cloud of witnesses. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. It turns out, as we can read from these verses, that Jacob is a brother who understands brothers, because he had one And he had sons and grandsons. He had to watch them growing up. And this is what Hebrews points out. Isaac loved them both. But in fact, Isaac loved Esau more than Jacob. Hmm. It turns out families run in cycles like that. Parents sometimes have favorites. Parents often play favorites. Maybe you're a victim of this. Maybe you're a beneficiary of it. Hmm. Growing up means dealing with these roles. And sometimes breaking those roles and breaking those cycles if you can stomach the idea of conflict. Hmm. It might seem like God is like that too. That he's arbitrary, like in that Malachi verse which Paul uses in Romans to point out that God loves, loves, loves his son, not because of his works. He loves, loves, loves all who don't exclude themselves, like Esau ended up doing from his own blessing. And we're on strong ground with the whole of Scripture. If we come away from that with the confidence that God continues to love, love, love all who are in Him, all who are in His beloved son jesus in other words the bible comprehensively speaking invites us to see in jacob a picture of the christ and i think that's exactly how best to receive these words since christ is the fulfillment of all of god's counsel all of god's words Then Jacob's story is not just the story of a guy who lived in the 18th to 17th century B.C., a Bronze Age ancient Near Easterner, but better than that, a picture for us, not of a hero of the faith, but a picture of the hero of the faith, the faithful son in all God's house, the Jesus who is our victor, our conqueror, our savior, and our brother our brother so let's start with jacob he's a twin like me only i don't have a twin brother i have a twin sister who lives in houston now but like jacob i am the younger of the pair and like jacob i'm the one without hair thank god my sister is the one with hair right that would make thanksgiving dinners a lot of fun But since Jacob shows up for the last 25 or so chapters throughout the entire book of Genesis, I'm not going to have you flipping all through all the scriptures. If we did that, we'd have to be here for an entire semester and just deal with Jacob. He's big enough to do that. So maybe let's just throw a a few on the screen. Consider these first. Starting from the first part of Jacob's life through to the end. Boy, that's a lot smaller than I thought it would be. Let's, uh, let's uh, uh, read it out at least so that we hear it. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer. And Rebekah, Isaac's wife, conceived. The children, twins, struggled together within her. And she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. And when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red, (laughs) all his body like a hairy cloak. (laughs) So they called his name Esau. Names mean something. Esau means red. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Ya'akob, Jacob, because that means grasper or grabber. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. His name was called Yaakov, Jacob, which means he pulls your leg. And he was called that because, well, he pulls your leg, which should now make him sound like a trickster. In fact, a lot of this patriarchal history is all about that trickster theme with the underdog winning out over the guy you'd expect to finish first. The little guy coming up on top over the big guy. Better than a, so to speak, Cinderella story, more at a dramatic upset sort of story. Not just drama and folklore, but the basis of God's plan of salvation, which is perfect for a God who loves a people who will constantly be at odds with the rest of the world around them, the people of Israel. Perfect for a God who loves a son who will constantly be in struggle and at odds with the entire world and the devil and our sinful flesh. This is perfect for a God who loves those in this world who are the little guy, the little girl, the little child, in the midst of his disciples, whom the teacher teaches is the greatest in this world. His topsy-turvy kingdom of the least, not the greatest. The last born, not the firstborn. The one in last place, not the one in first place. The least and the last. And the lowly and the lost. These are the ones that God likes so much. These are the ones that the Lord is always couching in the language of joke, of trick, of laughter, of his holy craft. Exalting the humble and lowering the proud. Filling the poor and sending the rich empty away. This is God's greatest joke. This is his sick, twisted sense of humor. That's the Lord, and that's what turns him on. And so it's no surprise that this trickster, this leg puller, this younger son, this lesser one, loved by the woman more than the man, loved by Rebecca more than his dad, this is the one that steals the spotlight and a lot of other stuff <laughs> for the last half of Genesis and for the history of salvation of God's people For the next 3,700 years, he's got the spotlight too, which is only about 46 lifetimes or so, give or take. Of course, that favorites thing, hmm, that's what we hear at the very beginning of this patriarch piece. Genesis 25 continues on, verse 27 and following. Follow along. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game but Rebekah loved Jacob and when Jacob was cooking stew Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted and Esau said to Jacob let me eat some of that red stew for I am exhausted therefore his name was called Edom which also means red. Hmm. Jacob said sell me your birthright now Esau said I'm about to die of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob, which the rest of the Old Testament writers and commentators said that was a pretty bad thing to do. Mm. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentils stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Jacob, see, was pulling a leg here too you see, and sweetening the deal of being a son of Isaac, whose name means he laughs. But Esau wasn't laughing afterward, nor was Isaac. They were both crying with disappointment because of a Jacob who got the last laugh. When Isaac gave out his blessings to the boys a little later, the Lord used this swindle and another one besides, the swindle of his mother, Rebekah, The swindle of a guy who had to exit pretty quickly so as not to get the raw end of his brother or his father. But the blessing, the very substantial blessing of God's promise was his. You have to flee quickly when you're dealing with stolen goods. And it turns out there's hard work in store for Jacob. Hard work to push through that kind of a swindle, including and being someone who ends up as an orphaned laborer with extended family, which Jacob does later with his mother's brother Laban, his uncle Laban. And lo and behold, he ended up with some stolen goods from him too. The guy's a thief, he's a trickster, he's the Bugs Bunny of the Old Testament. I love this guy. Two wives, their handmaidens, and a whole gaggle of kids. Twelve, in fact. That's a good biblical lucky number for tribes of Israel, huh? The sons of Jacob. All that swindling included also Laban's flocks, Laban's herds, his uncle's household gods. All that swindling caught up to Jacob when he had finally to face his swindled brother after many years. And in his anguish, Jacob fights. Not just against people that he'd wronged as a young man, but against God himself. And this is the pivotal moment in Jacob's career. About to face Esau with his families, his generations, and his armies. Leading his own family and Laban's flocks and herds and all that he's accrued. And knowing that it might be all out battle. And at night he wrestles. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Verse 26 He said, Let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. Grabber, see? I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. He pulls the leg. Then he said, well, your name shall no longer be called, he pulls the leg, but he wrestles with God, Yisrael, Israel, he wrestles with God, because you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. And Jacob asked, please tell me your name, and he says, no way, no how, why do you ask me my name? And there he blessed him, verse 30, so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, face of God, for I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been delivered. We need to see something as we wrap up here that Jacob is Israel, that he who pulls the leg is he who strives, he who wrestles with God. And yet he is still the son of God, the beloved son of God. Wrapped up in humor, wrapped up in trickery, wrapped up in the foibles and ambitions and swindles of human nature. Yet God never forsook His Son. God never forsook Israel, even when Israel expanded and developed into new tribes and into generation after generation and into more men and women who did more than trick and swindle their way through the world. That's why God, in His love for Israel, His Son, narrowed down and focused that love Into the one Israel that would redeem that trickster Israel and all of us. As he sings in love in Hosea chapter 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him. (laughs) And out of Egypt, I called my son. Fulfilled at the exodus. Fulfilled with one who was sent by God to draw his people out from under Pharaoh's yoke. To go and worship the Lord in the wilderness to go to the promised land, to build him a people, a covenant people that God would keep his promises to. Fulfilled not only in Moses, but fulfilled in the Jesus of Matthew chapter 2 when Israel was a child. I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son. Dear friends in Christ, whom does God choose as a hero of faith, The story of Jacob is not a story of a moral example of faithfulness to choose to emulate. Please don't. But the story of Jacob is a story of a God who uses rotten people to display the glories of his grace, his choosing, his love, even wrapping himself up into our own human flesh. To remake Israel, the son he loved, to make you his son, to make you his child, the son he loved, to make you, that is, you all, into his new Israel, the one who strives with God, no, the one he loved, Jesus Christ, in his name. Who is the hero of faith in Hebrews 11? The reality, not the shadow. The one Jacob was looking for. The one who couldn't get his own leg pulled. But finally pulled his leg out of the socket. The one who shows his face at Peniel, the face of God. The God-man, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you that you show us real Examples of humanity, of nature, of sin, but over it all, of your grace in Jesus Christ. As you have called us, so remake us. As you call us to be your people, give us your Holy Spirit. That we may ever look to the Christ as the hero who has given us faith in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.